Can I ask you a question? Go on. Do you still remember how to do this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I put my mic in the right input. Oh. But you never knew when we were doing it every week. No, no. So what's the difference now? <laughs> you raise a very valid point. Anyway, look, <laughs> we're back and the football has happened. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> And should we mention on the podcast that we beat Germany? Yes. Perhaps that would be insensitive. I think what's different this year in this competition Mm. is that I Mm. think there's every chance we could get to the final before being crushingly disappointed. Yes, yes. Isn't that exciting? Football's coming just that little bit closer home, but ultimately not. No. Being an England supporter, it's going to crushing disappointment goes with the territory. (laughs) It's true. Anyway, talking of crushing disappointment. Welcome, everybody, to episode 163 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. (laughs) I'm loving the hesitancy. Good. (laughs) Well, yeah, as you said, we hadn't done this for a while. Um, My name is Nick Page. There is a tanned, gorgeous, glorious, back from holiday, Joe Davis. Thank you. Hello. (laughs) I don't know what to say to that, but thank you. It's great to be back. (laughs) Well, let's start with the obvious then. How was it? Well, it was... It was absolutely wonderful. Yeah, there's no two ways about it. It was brilliant. So we stayed in Polzeth. Our kids hired a place nearby as well. So that, uh, all our family was there for one week. And my daughter was with us for the second week as well. And we were with Dave and Ali, our mutual friends. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, what can you say? There is There was glorious sea. There's that incredible coastal path. There's much eating and Ooh, drinking. Super. And, and flowers every it's all about the flowers on the path because i don't think we've been in june before and so so much more was in bloom it was incredible thank you well, good how's working <laughs> yeah well i don't know what happened to my invite for the holiday that seemed to have got lost on the post but um now listen you mm. know i love you and i like you it's just not everybody does all right? <laughs> <laughs> that is let's just leave undeniably leave true um <laughs> Anyway, no, yes, well, it's been, it's been all right. Yeah. It's been all right. Yeah. What's, what's been going on? Well, actually, um, sport's been great. Tour de France is back on. Oh, yeah. And uh, so yeah. I know you get bored when I talk about cycling, but, you know. A little. We get bored when I talk about anything, actually, it seems to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, At least it's not history, so that's all right. No, but Mark Cavendish won. And Cav, this is a great, oh, great story because... Yeah. He's been. He last won, I think, five years ago, and he's had clinical depression. Yeah. He's had a terrible, you know, it's a long running mm. illness. He's he was without a team. Yeah. He's come absolutely back. It's it's a oh, wonderful story of a of sort of refinding yourself. It's great. It's oh, great. Well, I love that. I genuinely have missed it because I've been away. But I love that mm. story, and I love sport. So that's all right. Sport does Good. that, doesn't it? It gives you those big narratives about life. Yeah. I think sometimes. Mm. Uh, anyway, so that's back on. I'm enjoying that. Um, I'm. Um, you know, churches are interesting. I, I'm feeling for a lot of pastors. I've encountered a lot of pastors returning from lockdown, and, and they're already on depleted energy levels. And yeah, you know, yeah. I think it's really do they have the energy now for rebuilding as they've got to do? I, yeah, I really feel sure. for you if you're doing that. Yes. Um, yes. Much respect. To and you. I've got you know, there's something else going on in my life. I've got a friend who's very, very seriously ill, and 
you know, that's not good. Mm. So I'm kind of grappling with yeah. that. I might talk about that another sure. time, but, you know. Yeah, but if you're a bit jaded today, that would be why. Well, I'm not, just, yeah. you just visited him. I have just visited yeah. him, and it's kind of yeah, then doing sure. a, you know, feel, yeah. feels odd doing a funny podcast. No, well, I, I'm going to try and be slightly kinder to you than normal, but I can't, I can make no promises. Oh, well, that's fine. <laughs> I, I don't want that, Joe. <laughs> I don't want that. That would be, that would be yeah. unusual. Great. Well, that's good because you are an idiot. <laughs> good. Thank you. Well, anyway, and you, how are you? <laughs> well, all right. I mean, it's, you know, you come back from holiday and, 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 and interestingly, you find all the work is still there. Good. Uh, to do. So come back to a very busy week, but I'm, I'm sort of grateful for that as well but it's, it's quite hard upping the pace again isn't it always so it's yeah. quite hard for us having you back as well i think i, I, think, I don't I think, think the pain is all one way <laughs> i uh I, it just yeah i mean we won't bore people with nature connection again but for me that's that is really what that holiday was about and and with family and friendship as well but real real nature squared you know it's just incredible i think one of these days joe I, one of these days joe, mm. i'd really like if you came back from a holiday and said yeah we went to the inner city and uh it was it was just lovely lots mm. of lots of metal mm. everywhere and concrete mm. concrete yeah yeah it's not gonna happen okay yes true that's why i don't go on like city breaks and things it's not that i don't like museums and architecture and things like that it's just given the choice between that and a tree i'll take the tree <laughs> thank you every time <laughs> that's the way fair enough that's the way it rolls um yeah i read some did a bit of reading while i was away read a book called uh god in us a case for christian humanism by anthony freeman have you come across that one no it's a bit of a classic but yeah it's good sounds like you found your tribe well it's good he's you know he's looking at new ways of viewing god and um and i I like this little quote from actually He's, he's being asked by someone do you believe in god and, uh, and and I liked his quote. He said, how long is a piece of string? Uh, he says, show me the piece of string and I'll tell you how long it is. Tell me what sort of God you have in mind and I will tell you whether or not I believe in him or her or it. In my case, I needed to be rid of one idea of God in order to make room for a new one. Oh, yeah. Which I thought that was, thought was that's... a good way, good, nice little metaphor and a good way of describing yeah, it. Yeah, that's classic. Yeah, that's what you've been saying for a long time, isn't it? Actually, It you've is. Exactly also, that kind of thing. Mm. also... So I, I, I channeled my inner Nick mm. at one point and I went to visit a 12th century church. Oh, excellent. Like you would. Excellent. Well, it was on the coastal path. It's a very famous church. It's St. Enador. Have you come across that? It's got the grave of John Betjeman uh, there, who's the guy who wrote stuff, you know, poetry, I think. No, I do know that, that, that I, I looked it up because St. Enador, nobody knows who he is. It's one of those. Okay. Cor- Cornwall is full of churches. <laughs> Dedicated to saints about which nothing is known, and you suspect you suspect the whole thing got made up anyway. Well, the church is it's got to be on the most picturesque place you could ever mm. be. I mean, it's right on the coastal path, it's, it's stunning. But so, yeah, it gets a lot of visitors, a lot of footfall mm. goes through there. And they've put up the Lord's Prayer in the church. What a good idea! People might not know the Lord's Prayer, so you put the Lord's Prayer mm. up, and it's there for them to pray, about, except. Under each phrase of the Lord's Prayer, <laughs> I took a photo of it, is all this red lettering. So I'll do the red lettering in a shouty voice oh, okay. because I think <laughs> I feel like that's how it's meant to be interpreted. So 
<laughs> so I, I, naturally, I took a picture of it because I thought of you immediately. Our Father who art in heaven. Don't say father if you don't behave like a son or a daughter. Don't say our father if you only ever think of yourself. Hallowed be thy name. Don't say hallowed if you don't honour that name. <laughs> thy kingdom come. Don't say the kingdom come if you are weighed down only with material considerations. Thy will be done. Don't say thy will be done if you don't accept the hard bits. On earth as it is in heaven. Don't say as it is in heaven if you only think about earthly matters. Give us this day our daily bread. Don't say our <laughs> daily bread if you have no concern for the hungry or the homeless. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You'll never guess what it says next. Don't say forgive us our trespasses if you remain angry with your fellows. Lead us not into temptation. Don't say lead us not into temptation if you intend to continue sinning. Deli but deliver us from evil. Don't say deliver us from evil if you won't make a stand against injustice. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Don't say amen without considering the words of your prayer. Please make a donation to the church. Um, so, I <laughs> OK, I added the last bit, but there was a massive thing about giving in there as well. And mm. I just thought that was beautiful because there is no way you could ever interpret that as with any sense of grace and that's what I appreciated about well, that particular piece of art. Yeah, I think certain bits of it I uh, I agree with. I mean, I don't think you should say lead us not to temptation because I don't think that's what the text actually says. But apart from that, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of like, well, who, in other words, you might as well just say don't pray. Who's going to pray it? Who can possibly pray it and obey all those things? Don't pray something if you're going to intend to go on sinning. Yeah. Don't ask for forgiveness. <laughs> That's great. Uh, oh, bless This is what Jesus well, meant. I might have overreacted, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it made me smile. And then I left the church, walked on the coastal path and ate something, so it was OK. Well, don't do that unless you're prepared to share it with other people, Joe. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You just need to hear that big don't voice <laughs> every time you say something <laughs> that could be re remotely gracious. Yeah, or enjoying <laughs> yourself. Don't enjoy yourself. Yes. Exactly. There's people who can't enjoy themselves in this world. How dare you? <laughs> Brilliant. Anyway, apart from that, lovely holiday. Good. Good. <laughs> well, shall we get on and uh, and see if we can yes. rediscover what this podcast is actually about? Yes. What's it called again? It's called Don't <laughs> Listen to This. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you don't intend to give. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's true, actually. We should use that line. <laughs> yeah, we'll use that now as a slogan. OK. Uh, so, feedbacks. Mm. We'll do some feedback mm. uh, on a wide range of things, uh, including Dave's podcast. I, I should. I, sh I want to start with an apology, I, you know, about my rather poor interviewing of Dave. I mean, Dave's great value. So he'll just talk and talk and talk. But, you know, I was you know noticeably but useless at times and i fear it showed well, i didn't think um, that i didn't think that well, well I, I didn't think you were any more notably useless than normal let's put it that way thank you well i appreciate that i'll take that thank yeah, you okay <laughs> i thought i was extra no bad. no no absolutely <laughs> so, normal levels of uselessness were achieved <laughs> great well, i'm glad i i reached that bar that's frankly. good that's good 
<laughs> okay, so Philip says, I've been listening to nearly all of your podcasts this year. Oh, mm. gosh. Mostly because they are enjoyable to a grump like me. And he's put in bracket 66, which I assume is his age. Uh, but also because both of you and so many of your listeners have so much wisdom to share. Thank you all. Joe, can you ask Nick to read the following, please? Well, I'm not going to ask you to nick it, but I'm, I'm just going to read it. Okay. Nick, I've just finished your excellent history of the Reformation and have been overwhelmed with your research and presentation of such complex history. Unless it's just Wikipedia extracts pasted together, <laughs> in which case I've been less whelmed. <laughs> I like that. Spotted. <laughs> he said, the character of Luther you portrayed was somewhat shocking. But I, I read a webzine uh, today where the writer quotes a letter from Luther during the bubonic plague, which seems, seems to show him in a good light, mm. helping the sick. And he says, I assume there were probably more good aspects to Luther. I wondered if I'd missed this in your book. Anyway, thanks for your writings. I've also finished your badly behaved Bible, which is also going to be a must read. Must reread, beg your pardon. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much, Philip. So, yes, you've been being unfair to Luther, Nick. Well, isn't it interesting how how people read something and you think, well, that's not what I meant or what I thought I was doing. Because <laughs> actually, when I wrote the book, I came out quite liking Luther, even though there's an immense amount about him to dislike. Um, was it his anti-Semitism that you particularly liked? Well, or yes, know? maybe a bit of that. <laughs> his yeah. over fascist but... tendencies. <laughs> no, well, he was way before that, but he did have no. some aspects of it. Um, so yeah, I am critical. I think I'm. Uh, it's a problem partly with me not being grown up historian and not having to be fair. But I think, um, <laughs> I think, uh, I I think I wasn't. I I do like Luther. I think for all his for all his passion for all his these wrong bits for all the things that he, he you know he, he gets extreme. I always think you yeah. could you could have a pint of beer with Luther. You could you could you know you you could go. He was a hu he was a man. He was a human yeah. being, and he had kind of real passions and feelings. And they got out of control and got complete. And he was quite ill. I think he suffered from depression. Yeah. I think all kinds of stuff were going on with him. Um, okay. I don't feel that about Calvin, who I think is probably an android mm. of some kind. Yes, but sure. um, yeah. but you know, so but I'm sorry if it came across that I didn't. I think you know a great man, but with um, undoubtedly mm. great huge uh, feet feet of clay as well. So you're saying you're not a grown-up historian? That's your excuse. Well, like, do you know what I? I, I don't <laughs> I think, think you are. Okay. Well, there's inferiority <laughs> complex going on, and there's what's it called? Imposter syndrome stuff. I think. Um, I think I don't feel inclined to do that thing that historians have to do. Professional historians have to do about objectivity in that sense. I, I mm. feel I get annoyed, particularly if I'm writing about the church. But like what you were just experiencing mm. with, um, mm. you know, St. Enador or whatever. Mm. There might be very good reasons why they put up that sign, and there might be totally different ways of reading it. But yes, but there I might there might not be an angry voice. Yeah, but I feel very passionately about these about the church, mm. and I mm. get very annoyed about people who mm. who can read the gospels but not obey the bit about not hating your enemies. Yes, indeed. Um, and instead have them burned. Not that Luther did yes. that actually, but anyway. Um, okay. Other people. Oh, so it's that him. kind of thing. What a nice guy. Not burning his enemies. Well, yeah, yeah. It's all relative, I suppose. <laughs> okay, moving on. Mm. Um, uh, Stuart, just a shout out to Stuart. He's written in a couple of times. I've totally ignored it. And he says, I'll never get a shout out. So, Stuart, you got a shout out. There it is. I'm ignoring your email, obviously. But I'll <laughs> yeah. <out>. uh, Roz. <laughs> How lovely. <laughs> no, it's good. I'm going to continue this now. <laughs> You've not lost that gonna... human touch, have you? 
<laughs> no, no, it's funny. Uh, anyway, Ross says, I listen to you most weeks and find you and Nick refreshing after years of being in a controlling... Oh, now, this is interesting. Of years of being in a controlling church subculture. I'm making progress and remarkably sane now, which is actually a little boring. Uh, he says, I couldn't listen to your recent episode about disciplining and haven't listened since, as it was very triggering for me. There was so much bad stuff in my life and the lives of my children that flew under this banner that my gut feeling is to let it well alone. I know you said it was listening, but listening for what God might be saying to that person or in the situation when people are vulnerable, that generally doesn't end well. I don't know if you read the classic and best book on this, Twisted Scriptures by Mary Alice, and I don't know how to say that name, Chronologa? How would you say that? I don't know. It hasn't um, got enough vowels in it to say No, <laughs> the prologue alone is worth reading. read. The uh, surname is C-H-R-N-A-L-O-G-A-R. We'll, we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She discusses the influence and damaging effects of the shepherding movement from the 70s. My own cult-like group uh, in Australia predates that by decades and would align itself more with the Keswick conventions of the 1920s, but gone rogue. There were some items on every checklist that I recognised. Anyway, my heart sank when I heard you talking, seemingly unaware of the potential for carnage of disciplining. Uh, I'm sure this was not your intention, but yeah, it's the thing. I have to pretend I haven't lost my faith in front of siblings, husband and my adult children. I don't think I have, but I'm certainly reinventing it. So it's I wasn't where we talked about discipline. I thought we were talking about discipling. Well, I think... Do you think... She, I, d I, I don't know. No, this is the point. And it, maybe it's a bit like... Uh... You know the the issue with uh, with Luther, but th firstly we should say thank you, Ros, for writing in, and oh, we should say absolutely. we're very sorry to hear of all those experiences. Yeah, I don't think we talked at all about disciplining. I don't think I would yeah. use that term. It may no, be the like episode it. that we talked about um, spiritual direction, which yeah. is about listening, but. Um, but we talk about spiritual disciplines. We talk about we spiritual disciplines, that. yeah. And this this yeah. may illustrate that there's a problem with that word, which we which we kind of mm. know. Yeah, really. yeah. I don't much like look at using that term, but I can't think no. of anything better. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sorry, but isn't it interesting? Because I, I I really don't think mm. we have we have no, no. talked about disciplining in that way. But it's I know a lot. Well, not I don't know a lot of people. I know yeah. several people who have been through this kind yeah. of spiritual yeah, abuse like. yeah absolutely yeah um so it's, it's a trigger isn't it and and i'd be sad if the word discipling and discipleship you know had that sort of association for people because that's one that's something i really would like to recover um but i can see how you know spiritual disciplines doesn't sound like good news sounds like bad news and it's certainly never to be imposed by anyone other than yourself on yourself for gracious reasons not for you know, guilty reasons or anything. I mean, so. it does raise that whole thing, doesn't it? Because, mm. yeah, whenever I talk about spiritual disciplines, I have to explain it's not you sort of beating yourself. No, exactly. So I think the word mm. does need to be changed. Um, yeah. But, yes, you know, spiritual practices or... Um, spiritual exercises. Spiritual exercises, spiritual fitness. I, you know, there could be other positive yeah. ways of, of looking yeah. at it. That uh, maybe yeah. we need to think about really re rethinking yeah. the terminology for that. Sure. Anyway, but it's great because we're, that leads us on to talking about language, and we've had one from our language resident, Margaret, actually, <laughs> um, who's written us uh, an email. She says, "I really enjoyed listening to your interview with Dave Tomlinson. Thank you for that. It was great to hear Dave. I also love your enthusiasm for hearing what others are saying and your positive approach." 
to the people you interview. As you might expect, I was struck by how much the ideas Dave was discussing need to be expressed in speaking in different ways. It felt that getting away from the binaries like men and women in words for earthlings, no matter how many legs or none, and then thinking about words for the interactional God would be great places to start. I'm sure you'll enjoy the conversation with Nick, she says. And then she very graciously, I have to say, pointed out that we seldom mentioned sort of female authors in our discussions. And she wondered why that is. And she sort of put a finger on, you know, a bit of a hypocrisy for me because, you know, I'm always banging on about that sort of stuff. And yet I am woefully, um, woefully read, really, in, in, in those things. So I've asked her to recommend some key books Great. to me yeah, fine. Um, because that is a weakness. But thank you for that mm-hmm. um, helpful. Uh, shall we move on? Yes, yes. I don't have anything to okay. add to that, really. No, OK. So so this one I'm going to keep anonymous for, for sort of reasons that I think would be obvious. Okay. Um, so uh, uh, dear Nick and Joe, um, uh, I hope you both had a good break from the podcast and enjoyed your respective holidays. Well, Nick's is still to come, but that's OK. Mm. Uh, I missed the podcast, but have also been on holiday and, ha- and so had some extra time to reflect and re-listen to some of the interviews we've recently had with Dave Steele, Brian McLaren, most recently Dave Tomlinson. The interesting thing for me is that although what they are saying appears to upset the apple cart, uh, what do you mean? It's not about converting people, for example. When you look at the example of Jesus in the Gospels, he consistently met people where they are, addressed their need and showed them love. He recognised the good in the others dismissed as outside the faith for whatever reason. I was brought up a Christian and have not really questioned the tradition of believing that people are either saved or unsaved. And our mission is to move people into the saved category. It has left me acutely aware of the perceived barrier between myself and those outside the faith. It has tinged all my relationships with those who do not identify as Christians with the anxiety that it is my job to change them, to make them think like me. And if I don't, I have let both them and God down. I recently gave a talk at my church. One of the sentences which didn't make the final cut was this. I'm tired of talking to people about my faith as I dread the inevitable moment when I get to the bit where I have to show them the impossibly small hoop they need to jump through to share it. There are people very close to me who I love. I see the good in them and yet have spent years feeling under pressure to wrestle them over the finish line, wring a prayer of commitment out (laughs) of them and sign up to a discipleship course. Most recently, I've realised that my narrow version of salvation has been one of the factors which has contributed to over 20 years of resentment I have held towards my husband for deciding he could no longer identify as a Christian after we married. I was very much of the tradition that yoking yourself to an unbeliever was a deal breaker. This has led to an underlying tension and I know that I'm guilty of having a lot less patience with his beliefs than he does with mine. Recently, I've been reflecting on this and the assumptions I've made which underpin my position. Reading Blessed Are the Nuns by Stina Kylesmeyer Cook uh, really started this journey of reflection and your podcast and recent contributors have helped me to dismantle some of the obstacles I have felt it necessary to try and push him through before I could live the proper Christian life I felt I should do. So thank you for being part of my journey towards a faith which is properly part of life and can be expressed with love and integrity rather than awkwardness and a sense of superiority. Hmm. Yeah, thank you for that. That's a really um, yeah. well That's written a very good email. <laughs> email, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, there are some lovely lines in that. Yeah, lovely, yeah. really good. Yeah. So yeah, I think um, I think that's what I found quite interesting about Dave's um, interview was that mm. I didn't find it particularly upsetting or surprising no. or difficult. No. Um, 
I think, you know, you would want to perhaps dig down a bit more into a lot of what he meant exactly by humanism. But but generally speaking, I, I, I didn't really disagree with very much of it at all, if anything, really. Um, maybe that's just because of where we are at the moment in the podcast. Maybe, you know, mm. outside of that, mm. people would find it. But I, but I don't think he was saying anything particularly controversial. He was just saying, you know, it was almost yeah. empirical, wasn't it? It was almost saying, here's what I've observed, really, which yes, is exactly. kind of different, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. And, and I, I certainly related to those things. And, you know, I mean, I don't know whether that came through the way I read it, but there were lots of sort of inverted commas there. And, um, you know, I really like this. I, I remember that yoking yourself to a number. Oh, yeah. That was the absolute no-no, which does feel like a cult-like thing, doesn't it? It um, was a very misogynist said, thing, actually. I don't know if it still happened. Yeah. Because the fact yeah. was, I remember thinking this ages ago, mm. the fact was that there were always many, and always have been, in fact, many more women in church than men. Yeah. So what you're essentially yeah. saying to them, if you keep going down that line, yeah. is, I'm sorry, you just can't marry anybody. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, which I thought was always tough and hard. But I think um, what um, that email brings up is the idea of um, salvation, you know, yes. be, people being saved. And that was, for me, one of the key things that I wanted to maybe pick up out of Dave's interview and wonder about was, well, what does that mean then if, if yeah. you go down the Christian humanism route? What does salvation actually mean? Is it a supernatural yeah. event? And if so, how is it a supernatural event? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a really, really good one. Well, why don't we... Shall we start there? Okay. In yeah. our reflections. Let, let's do that. Because we've done... Well, let's, let's start with that whole idea of salvation and how sort of moving through mid-faith crisis. I mean, we've talked about the kingdom of God, haven't we? Mm. Continually. And, you know, this idea that salvation, certainly in its original context from the mouth of Jesus, was not some after you die thing it was very much a living present reality salvation was for here and now and you entered you you had salvation as you entered this way of life that jesus referred to as the kingdom of god and you know we mentioned in the podcast about zacchaeus and what did salvation look yeah. like for him it meant like paying back your debts yes. in fact this was the controversial thing if there was a controversial thing in there about the relationship between faith and works that old chestnut which i think we've been debating for the last two thousand years <laughs> um you, you know because because it does look like there's no doubt that faith expresses itself in love. So you can tell authentic faith um, because it looks like love and it looks like just, you know, justice being the kind of social word for love. Love, you know, I think we know what love means on a sort of fairly one to one interrelational basis. But, you know, the social expression of love is justice, fairness mm. for everyone. Inclusion, I would say. Mm. Um, so so I think you know, salvation to me is, 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 is as you say, it's, it's an invitation into this way of life and it will make an impact on all areas of your life. Uh, it's, a, it's a kind of higher conscious, different form of consciousness, a whole new way of viewing the world, regarding everything as sacred and everyone as sacred and treating others as you would like to be treated, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think, I think it does need a redefinition of what we mean by it. What's yeah. interesting is... is um, as you say, Zacchaeus in Luke's gospel says salvation has mm. come to this house. So he's already saved by mm. changing his direction, by changing his way of life. Mm. Um, when it, it sort of struck me when Jesus yeah. is on the cross, they say they say to him, "He saved others, but he can't save himself." Is that is the thing that they mm. call him? And you mm. think, well, 
how did you save others then? Because surely that can only mm, be done yeah. by the cross, can't it? And yet, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's already saved others, and and yeah. so if we think of salvation as something broader, as a kind of mm. coming back into a kingdom way of living, then I think that gives you a slightly different aspect to it. Which is not to say that mm. there isn't something maybe supernatural, mystical about it, about the cross itself. But I'm I'm mm. less sure these days about that kind of thing. Um, I don't. Hmm. I just think it's like all these things, like you know, the the uh, salvation or, or, or grace, or all this understanding or evangelism, what we mean by it. Hmm. it. There's a bigger, there's a bigger understanding of it, and one that is related to our lives here and now, um, hmm. as you were saying about sort Absolutely. of love as well, practical application hmm. of love here and now. It's not. It, we we tend to theorize everything, turn it into abstractions or theological theories. Yeah, because then it doesn't make so many demands on us when we do that. Yeah, it doesn't change the way I have to live right now, does it? Like, yeah, but if, if we I, do, we can do the same with salvation, yeah. can't we? We can turn it into yeah, a theological absolutely. theory about where yeah, you yeah, go exactly. when you die, um, which I you know I think there is that, but actually it's also a, a, surely a practical thing about how absolutely. how your life is here and now. I know, and you know, I was thinking about this recently. I, I read so many Christian books actually i mean well I, i'm not as prolific a reader as you let's be clear about that but when i do read it tends to be christian but and i i did find myself saying on holiday why am i reading this is it making any difference to me or am i just you know getting the latest interesting tidbit of information mm. you know is it actually changed am i becoming a more loving human being am i acting in a just and fair way and you know it always strikes me you know that's the that's the journey i'm on and I would need to be reading things that support me in that, not just for the sake of, oh, well, this could be an interesting new devotional tip or that. Could, do you know what I mean? Mm, mm. I feel I'm at the stage where I don't need to read necessarily books like books I've read before. I perhaps need to be delving into, you know, other stuff that helps me. Well, that's true. And I think that, you know, I've been aware over the years, really, it's very hard. It's always very hard to write anything new. People don't. Yeah. There aren't that many new yeah, thoughts yeah. out there, really. You just new <laughs> ways of putting them together. So, but I think that's right. You you do feel like you want to to listen and to read something more challenging, maybe, or more more mm. more confrontational in a way, maybe. Read outside your outside the I, box a bit. I don't know. Yeah, and maybe just more widely in different areas, and I don't know. I sometimes wonder if it's better to know a lot about a little amount of things than sort of a general, a general thing about everything, but <laughs> nothing specifically. I don't know. This debate will rage forever, won't it? I, I guess, but yeah. I, I, I'm not. I don't know about that one, but I'd, but yeah. I'd like to study widgets in more detail and become a bit of an expert in widgets. Would that make me a better person? I don't know. But <laughs> well, maybe that's the thing, isn't it? What's the outcome? What is the outcome yeah. of all this? Um, in yeah. in marketing, ter- just talk about marketing for a minute. Yeah. I don't know where we're going with this, but but it's after holiday, so who cares? Um, you know, yeah. we always talk about output and outcome. So so businesses right. often confuse the two. So they think, oh look, right, okay. we've 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 printed a, a ten thousand leaflets, or we've distributed ten thousand leaflets. Yeah, but has anybody yeah. responded to them? So, yeah, sure. you know, yeah, you could chase output your whole life. You could do all the spiritual yes, disciplines. Yeah, you can read yeah. all the books. But what's the outcome? Has it actually changed you as a person? Yes, exactly. Um, exactly. You know, have you actually been saved in any practical way? Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, that, mm. so that was interesting to think about that. Other things that I think on his uh, mm. his sort of interview, um, 
you know, I, yeah, the 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 absolute freedom of rational inquiry you talked about. Yes, he? yes, he did. Yes, I loved that. Yeah. And I do think that's an absolute characteristic element of mid-faith crisis. Is that, yes. Is that as you get to mid-faith crisis, you value inquiry, questioning, doubt. Hmm. Um, and you, you respond to any kind of place where that is given some space to operate. Yes. And also, don't you start to trust your experience a bit more? I sometimes wonder, and this might be an unfair accusation, whether church teaches you not to trust your experience. The only reliable authority in your life is scripture. Mm. Uh, that can be trusted. And very often, only my interpretation of it can be <laughs> yeah. trusted, yeah. by the way. Um, whereas your experience, you know, that could that could be filtered through your own sinful life. Um Whereas I think what happens, you know, not in mid-faith crisis, but just in the midlife generally, is you start to think, actually, there's an inner voice inside me and, I, and it's normally right. And I'm starting to try, and it recognises truth. Mm. It recognises truth. And so you you start to think, hang, you know, I mean, if we take prayer mm. as an example and, and that whole thing, you know, you you start to question why would God bless someone with, you know, the uh, much talked about parking space and yet allow that child to die? There's, there's some, you know, you're experiencing that and you're going, whatever I'm being told, there's, this does not resonate. Mm. What I'm being told does not resonate. And I'm no longer prepared to just think that I want to know what other answers are, and what other explanations could be. And and perhaps I need to morph my view of God and what I mean by supernatural and all those sort of things. And, and I, yeah, I can I agree. I think that is absolutely right. And, uh, I, you know, I worry about places where you're not allowed to doubt and you're not allowed to question because that is a very much a characteristic of cult. Well, as we were talking earlier, yeah, I think that's... Mm. And, and there's an irony here because mm. uh, Protestantism, evangelicalism, uh, mm. really only grew out of rational inquiry. It grew out of people questioning yeah. <laughs> things. I mean, if you go right yeah. back, it's Luther based yeah. a lot of his arguments on things that he read in the Greek New Testament from Erasmus, Erasmus brought rational mm. inquiry to the translation of the Greek New Testament and then pointed out yeah. that things were mistranslated, that some verses were had been interpolated. The whole thing begins with rational inquiry. Okay, good. But I think any denomination or any religion or probably any church, there's a sort of gravitational pull towards certainty isn't there there's this gravitational pull yes, towards yeah, uniformity i think it's a human characteristic we just mm. like it we just function better with black and white sometimes don't we well and we're tribal aren't we i mean you are now yeah. as i said in the tribe of christian humanists quite clearly you've just yeah exactly you've got a yeah, t-shirt yeah, yeah, with it exactly. on i should think and yeah yeah i mm. only want to talk to other christian humans and you yeah, stone anybody who is everyone else is wrong <laughs> <laughs> if you don't believe in the absolute freedom of yeah. rational inquiry we're going to kill you <laughs> yeah exactly what a great doctrine we must write that into our creedal <laughs> statement <laughs> yeah so I, I think that's that that was good um i think there's lots more to talk about I'd, you know i'd like at some yeah. point to talk about the whole interactional interventionist thing but i think we that needs a, a good chunk of time on its own um yeah you know and i think I, 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 I like the fact that it's so thought provoking, you know, and I, you know, mm. I, I, I thought that was great. Mm. So thank you for doing that interview. I think, um, I think, well, really good. 
You're very gracious. Thank you. And big thanks to Dave because he is priceless when the interview is a bit wonky. So thank you very much indeed, Dave. And thanks to everyone who's listening uh, uh, as well. And uh, we didn't actually get lots of feedback. I don't know whether it's because I suspect the reason was this. People are going, yeah, that's not particularly controversial. That's good. But maybe maybe they're so angry they just stop listening. So, yeah. you know, it'd be great to hear from anyone like that as well. So, well, I think when yeah. you've only got 17 listeners, if, you know... <laughs> if exactly. four of them go on holiday you don't get much back really do you <laughs> that's exactly what happened <laughs> no but anyway seriously thank you everybody for listening thank you to everyone yes. who writes in uh, and contributes thank you to all those who support the podcast that's lovely uh, yes so anyway yes thank you for all that and we should say we'll be back in two weeks time because uh, I'm going on holiday this time huh. well fair enough I suppose yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean you've had yeah. one yeah. I think I'd have one so you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose that's how it rolls. Yeah. yeah, no, that's great. But there's lots more to say about this. So we haven't talked about earthlings yet. We haven't mentioned lots of stuff uh, that we'd like to discuss. And maybe other people want to join in. So do write in and uh, we will be back in two weeks time. Look forward to it. See you all then. Cheers. Bye.